We just wanted to say that any opinions expressed in the following episode is strictly those of the individuals. They are not meant to offend or insult anyone or their beliefs. Coarse language may be used. Listener's discretion is advised. One thing I've learned with my time on this beautiful and crazy world is that no one 100% agrees on everything in life. Sadly, most people get angry or in some cases violent. Many times I wonder though, can we listen to others without getting angry? Can we say what we think without being mad? Can we debate without hate? Let's find out in today's episode. everyone and welcome to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your host Michelle. And I'm her co-host Owen. And today we are doing a debate without hate. Yeah and so far it seems like everybody's quite enjoying these and uh, Mm -hmm. you know it sounds like they're uh, pretty divided like there's uh, people that are one side or the other like it's I know what I found pretty good. Yeah at a family meal recently I got called a monster for the way I eat hamburgers. (laughs) Because you are a monster. <laughs> Come on. But, so, since uh, a lot of people um, enjoyed the food kind of topic ones, we decided to have a little bit more of our insights and debates about what uh, we eat and how we eat. Yeah, so I feel like today is going to be a food... Somehow, every topic is food-related. Well, food is life. It is. So, um, let's start it off with kind of a utensil thing okay with knife or without knife how do you eat your food I eat it without a knife unless it's like a steak something that you need like a steak knife for but typically like lasagna I just eat that with a fork yeah there's been many times I've seen you uh, eat all kinds of things like chicken cordon bleu and uh, all kinds of or sorry I, I need to throw the French accent into that chicken cordon bleu <laughs> and yeah, there's uh, you know uh, many other different meals I've seen you eat where you just cleave through things with the edge of a fork, like it is the knife. And then you always wonder why your plate and everything is so messy. Where it's like if you hold it down with a fork and cut it like you're supposed to, even with a butter knife. I was raised by heathens. That's my defense. Yeah, and I was raised by a very. British family, so of course uh, <laughs> etiquette was very important. Like you know, you know, your uh, left hand has your fork, your right hand has the knife. You never switch like most Canadians do. Yeah, I um actually I sh- I was just joking about being raised by heathens. My dad and my brother aren't that big of heathens, but um, you definitely are a heathen. <laughs> I just I don't. Why would I dirty an extra utensil when I don't need it? Because it helps you control where the food goes, how much food goes onto your fork. You're not trying to, you know, shovel food in like you're one of those anime characters that I like so much where they're trying to inhale their food. Okay, but you know for a fact that I'm a very slow eater. I eat slowly. You do, and I think that's because you're so afraid of, like, you know, portion controlling on your uh, fork that you're going to get too much and then have to re, like, get rid of it, go for another scoop and try to get a more accurate amount. 
Whereas me, it's like I have precise precision control. I'm basically, I'm like surgical. Scalpel. So I, I'll be the first to admit it. I'm kind of a lazy bastard. And we don't have a dishwasher. I'm the dishwasher. You do the dishes sometimes. But just, you... Just to be clear on this, though, I am the cook. You are. 95% of the time. Absolutely. You are. You are a much better cook than I am for sure. Because a little history about her. She actually burnt bread <laughs> in a microwave. Black. Yeah. I think... Like, it burnt the bread so badly that the inside of the microwave was forever brown. Let me just say my dad was pissed. And I think that's putting it lightly. Yeah. He literally bought, like, any... I think he bought, like, four or five different, like, mm. cleaners to try and clean out the microwave oven. And, or, no, sorry, not oven. The microwave. It was not a microwave oven. That would make more sense. Um... I was a teenager, by the way, when I did this. Like, I didn't do it in the last, like, two years. I, I, this was a while ago. Um, but, um, yeah, it would not, it, that microwave was forever brown on the inside. Because, and it was a white microwave. Because I may have put my bread I was trying to defrost on for longer than it should have been on for. Yeah. And, see, to me, the funny thing is, is that you, um... You were big on using, like, uh, as minimal tools for the job as possible. Yeah. Where I like to be kind of the Swiss Army knife uh, in any situation. And it even drove one of my friends, Andrew, crazy. Like, when we played Monster Hunter together, I had to load up with every single tool, every single amenity, and make sure they were filled to the nines or tens in that game to make sure I was ready to go into whatever situation we were coming across. You know, because I wasn't going to go in half-cocked and, you know, have a situation arise and be like, oh, run, run, run! See, but that's different. But no, no, it's, I'm saying I apply that to pretty much everything oh, in life. Oh, okay. Like, that's why I like cargo shorts is because I like to make sure that it's like, I'd rather go in and have something I do, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Absolutely. But I think what I've proven over our years together, and we've been together for nine years... It's nine years already? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's coming up on nine years. Okay, so. So, I'm rounding. Okay. Um, but, um, I think in the, whatever, eight and some odd months that we've been together, eight years and some odd months that we've been together, um, I have proven that you don't need a knife, so therefore, it's not a problem of needing it and not having it because you don't need it so you don't have to have it yeah you've you've definitely proven that yeah. although a lot of the times when i watch you eat kind of thing it's kind of like i you know it's it, it's almost as entertaining as uh watching like the little kids on their uh little high chairs and everything trying to eat kind of thing hey sometimes now. it doesn't quite get in your mouth no that's just me i'm just uncoordinated <laughs> <laughs> Well, regardless... And maybe it, it that's why be. I don't like using a knife. It's because I'm so uncoordinated. Possibly, possibly. But I still think that, you know, when it comes to eating something properly and controlling the portions on your fork and everything, you definitely want that control of the knife. Just pushing a little more off or, or pushing a little more on, pushing a little off, you know, like, it gives you that precise control so this way you're enjoying the meal. I do enjoy my meal. Yeah, but in shovel loads, not like, you know. In <laughs> you make, I, I do control, thank you very much, I do control my portion 
with my fork. I do not cut these massive pieces where it's like you need a flipping. It's not like it looks like a half the plate. Yeah, I don't take half the plate. It's not like when I pick my fork up, it would be like the comparison of like a truck with a house on it trying to move a house across the country. It's the size of the fork, thank you very much. <laughs> I don't have a big mouth, so it wouldn't work to try and do that. I control my portion size. You do, you do. But the amount of times I've seen it fall off the fork, I keep thinking, if you had a knife, you could, you know, kind of control that a little better. But that's something that, uh, it's your personal preference, it's how you eat, so... I've been eating can't... that way for 30 for almost 35 years. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you said you were 27. No, you think I'm 27. I've shown you my ID. <laughs> it's, it's a fake ID. Uh, I, I haven't seen her real birth certificate. Uh, okay, we're not going to get too far into that, but it's no. definitely been... Uh, that's just a funny joke to pull every once in a while. Yes. Um, But I've eaten that way my entire... Well, maybe not my entire life, but like the majority of my life. And it has worked just fine for me. Good, sir. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, um, the fork and the knife and everything. Now, let's get to a topic that I feel is very important when it comes to quantity control. Bottled water versus tap water. Now, me, I think bottled water tastes more plasticky and, you know, it's not as you know, refreshing as right out of the tap, garden hose or kitchen sink, bathroom sink, doesn't matter. Like, there's something about that water coming out of the tap that just, it tastes good. It's so nice and refreshing cold because it comes through the chilly ground and you can drink till you're pr pretty much a water balloon ready to burst. So I would like to preface my side of the argument by saying tap water now as an adult does not taste the same as it did when I was a kid. So I just want to preface that. Yeah. Bottled water is better. Okay, you know, that that's okay, that's your opinion. And I, some bottled water is better, I should say. There's some I really like and there's some I don't like. I don't mind like Dasani. Yeah. Right. Um brand or like Aquafina brand. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never tried the smart water because I'm already a genius. Why would I need it? No. <laughs> um, that's, that's a bit of an inside joke for some people. Yes. Um, but, um, I just, my problem with tap water nowadays, and the reason why I like bottled water better, mm -hmm. is if we were to go to the sink right now and turn on the tap and pour a glass of water, we have to sit there and let all the minerals and whatever, like, Settle. How thick is your tap water? No, seriously. Um, hold on. We'll be right back. And we're back. Okay, sorry about that. I uh, just had to, you know. Prove. Oh, and nicely went and got me a glass of water from the tap. Um, okay. So, my argument might not fully stand year round, <laughs> but it does stand during like spring runoff. Yeah, but spring runoff, of course, like, that's all the winter snow and everything melting and then getting into the, the irrigation system and everything, like, I, I'm, yeah, I'm probably using the wrong words here, but yeah, of course, like, it's gonna have, like, a more grassy, earthy kind of taste. It does, but it also, I swear, when you 
turn the tap on, it seems like it doesn't matter how long, and I know because I've, like, let it run for, like, not a super amount of time because I don't want to waste water, right, but a little bit just to, like, let it get colder and whatever. Yeah. And then I stick my cup under there, and then when you're done pouring it, it's, like, cloudy. It's like pouring a cup of Guinness or a pint of Guinness where it's, like, you got to let the stuff kind of, like, there's, like, this foaminess to it that kind of, like, pours down. It's quite enchanting to watch that, that I find. But what you're kind of describing sounds like uh, you're drinking water that's heavily fluoride-infused. Yeah, which they probably do more in, like, the spring, right, because of everything that's getting into it. Or it's more chemicalized, right, because they're trying to, like, cover the... They're trying to make the water not as gross, is essentially what I'm thinking. And stuff, but... Even as an adult, this lovely glass of water that you got me, thank you by the way. You're welcome. Um, it, it doesn't taste the same as when I was a kid. Water when I was a kid. And <coughs> I will also say, like, I drink tap water all the time, you know that. Because I'm not gonna... You're not gonna... Um, I don't... Like, it seems wasteful to buy water when we're already paying for water. Yeah. Right. And stuff. And not only that, but it comes in plastic bottles and then, you know, I mean, we got to recycle. I mean, we recycle, so we got to recycle those, which is a little bit money back into our pocket, but it's not really worth it. It's a refund. It's not like there's a profit or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, see, now, here's my side of it and everything is, like, I worked framing for uh, several years, and... When you're out in that blistering heat, and there's a, a, a tap nearby where you can just fill up a water jug and drink that, yeah, spring runoff can be um, a little off-putting, but when you're in 20 degree, or 15, 20 degree heat after being used to like the minus something weather um, of winter, you know, it's not something that really hits you immediately because you're sweating, you're heating up, you want to cool down. It, you know, and especially when I, I used to drink like uh, anywhere from like six to eight liters a day, or for anybody that uses the gallon system, it's like one and a half to two gallons yeah. a, a day. So, of course, you know, it's like if I were to go and buy like those things, I'd probably be drinking about. Uh, three, four dollars worth of water every day, and then of course you times that five times a day, uh, twenty days a month, um, twelve months out of the year. All of a sudden, that price of water goes up a lot. So of course that's why I prefer also tap water because one, I enjoy the taste of it, and two, because the amount of water I would drink would literally be more like it'd be so expensive. It's like you know what? Why not just buy pop? Okay. I understand your argument, and I will say I prefer the taste of bottled water, but I drink mostly tap water. You do. Because of the expense, right? And because, yeah, of just the amount of plastic we would have, right? Yeah. Um, but that being said, bathroom water is better than kitchen water. It's from the same system. But it tastes better coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> um... But it's, it's runs through the same piping. It just has a slightly different split-off point. 
I know, but there's something about that split-off point where it tastes better coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, probably because not as much water runs through it as the kitchen sink does. I'm not sure, but I also remember when I was a kid that water out of the faucet on the side of the house tasted the same as bathroom water. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is because you probably don't have water going through those taps nearly as often as you do in the kitchen, right? Probably. Um... Yeah, because like, there's a lot of childhood memories of way back when I used to live in Calgary mm -hmm. that um, the, uh, um, the words I'm looking for here, yeah, like having all those backyard uh, water gun fights yeah. and stuff like that and bringing out the hose and stuff and it was like, you know, running around. It was like when you got thirsty, you literally just turned your gun into your mouth and you just kind of drank yep. from that kind of thing drank or from drank the from gun, the hose. Drank from the hose, even... If the hose wasn't connected because it was starting to become fall and you were thirsty, yeah. you just stuck your head under the faucet and turned it on. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I kind of went for a side approach, but, you know. Yeah, the, uh, that I, there was a couple times I almost drowned myself. That was probably a better, you're probably, that's a better way of doing it. You, you know, water and gravity, the way that stuff all works. Like, I, I kind of had compre uh, a, a basic understanding of physics on that level. So, I mean. Babe, we know I've never been good at science. I know, I know. That's just what I'm making sure everyone knows, that yes. it's the whole... It's like I'm not some big astrophysicist or anything, but I do understand a little bit of how gravity works with water, so... Yeah, I knew not to stick my head and nostrils right in the direction, you know, air needs to get through. Does it? Well, if you want to see, you know, tomorrow kind of thing. <laughs> um, kind of like, um, there was a joke I saw about uh, in the show called House, yeah. where the mother was like... I don't feel good about letting my kid have those inhalers with all the steroids in them and stuff because that helps with the inflammation in the lungs. Yeah. And House was like, yeah, you know, doctors definitely threw that into, uh, th had a concern about that. But they found oxygen was so important, especially during those prepubescent years. <laughs> it was like, oxygen is very important kind of thing. Yes. Truth. Um, okay, so I think that kind of covered a little bit of it. Now let's get into the meat of things. Now, when I'm talking meat, I'm talking pizza toppings. Ah. Now, I think pepperoni is the universal topping for pizzas and can go with pretty much almost anything on a pizza. Yeah. And therefore, it makes it the best topping. Gives it that nice little spicy zing, uh, goes with anything, and yeah, what about you? Mm, bacon. 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 Bacon's life. Bacon is delicious. I cannot deny that. But I think ba the, just unfortunately on a pizza, bacon has limitations on its um, on its comrade toppings. I guess you could say. Really, does it though? Well, like what topping? Okay, let me ask you this: When you're thinking of pizza, yes, what topping would you be like? I don't want to eat that with bacon. Okay, so what I don't want to eat with bacon. So, like, just off the top of my head, uh, there's not too much, but I feel like if you put bacon with sausage, that would just make the pizza really greasy. I mean, super delicious, but... But people eat bacon and sausage all the time in breakfasts. You get, like, those farmer breakfasts that have, like, the two eggs and a couple pancakes and a couple sausage and a couple bacon and some toast. I don't know where you get your, like, what kind of Denny's or Phil's or whatever place you go to for breakfast, but usually whenever I see those things, they say bacon or sausage. Oh, no. You they have ha to request both, usually. No, I've been to restaurants where they have both. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm not a big fan of black olives, so, I mean, that doesn't really count. 
Uh, I don't know how green peppers would really go with bacon. It's delicious. Really? Yep. Okay, well, I mean, what about, okay, now this is one of the most taboo toppings that a lot of people I know hate. What about pineapple, that classic one? I'd be fine eating it with bacon. Yeah, I gotta give that a try one day, because I'm not really sure about that. Personally, I know I am going to get probably a lot of flack for this, but I think Hawaiian pizzas are a nice mixture between salty and sweet, which uh, actually, that will move us on to the next topic uh, as soon as we're done with this. And, like, there's also spinach if you want to get healthy on pizzas and stuff. Yeah, but bacon and spinach go well together. It does, yeah. So bacon isn't too limited, but I just feel like pepperoni is kind of that universal topping that just goes with everything and anything short of anchovies because nothing covers anchovies <laughs> truth um yeah i don't mind like don't get me wrong i don't mind pepperoni i just like bacon better fair enough fair enough so that's one where it's we don't really disagree with each other we just don't uh, see eye to eye yeah we think like the what the universal or the best topping for pizza is just slightly different yeah because I'm pretty sure there's pork and who knows what else in pepperoni. I don't even know what's in pepperoni. All I need to know is that it's pepperoni and it's delicious. <laughs> Fair enough. That's that's how complex I get when it comes to pizza toppings. And yeah. now, like I said, with the uh, Hawaiian pizza, let's move on to sweet or sour candies. Personally, there is nothing more delicious than having that nice uh, sour gummy bear or summer uh, sour gummy worm. You know, you get that initial, like, the acid, like, the, the, there's a certain acid that makes that uh, sour taste. And then once you get through that, you get the nice uh, hit of sweet from the actual gummy. Uh-huh. And that kind of, like, goes really well together. And then there's been the sour dinosaurs that I remember having as a kid, where even just the gummy itself, like, it wasn't, like, the crystal sugar, sour sugar coated. It was just a sour gummy. Ah. And I always found those things so addictive. Fair enough. One of the reasons why I'll never have abs in my life is because things like that just always like make me go, oh, it's delicious. I'm I'm salivating right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I believe you don't have the same opinion of sour stuff. I actually hate sour candies. What? Hate? Yeah. Come on, this is a debate without hate. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I dislike. No, no, you can hate that. It's just as long as you don't hate the difference of opinion. No, of course not. That was the whole point not. of this. Yes. But I just thought it'd be funny to throw that out there. <laughs> um, I very much, maybe hate is a strong word, because I will eat, like, the what? odd sour candy. Like, if you buy them and you're like, do you want one? I'm like, ah, yeah, sure. And then I take a bite of it and I instantly, I'm like, ah, I don't like these. Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> uh, I and you know I won't be heartbroken if you're like, <laughs> I don't like those. You're allowed to not like every, you're not or you don't have to like everything I like. Oh, I know. Um, but it's like in the moment I'm like, ooh, candy, and then I'm like, oh yeah, like why didn't you buy Werther's original or? Because I'm not seventy years old. Excuse you. I've been eating Werther's original since I was like six, bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you you have an old soul. I guess I must have a 70-year-old soul because <laughs> Werther's Original is like one of my favorite candies, if not the top favorite candy. Like, if we're talking about, like, candy in the biggest extreme, like, we're not talking, like, 
I can go and buy a bag of like Rolo candy chocolates, right? Like we're talking about actual candies, what's considered a candy, right? Yeah. Then Werther's Original is definitely my favorite. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, see, I guess this is where I'm just um, like the great devourer. I need bulk, <laughs> like I need bulk water, I need bulk candy, I need bulk pizza toppings. But you can buy Werther's Original in bulk. Yeah, but they it's... They have big bags of it. You can buy them in bulk, but it's not nearly as... It's more, way more expensive than the gummy bears or gummy worms or gummy dinos. Wait, do, Okay. So, the last time we went shopping at Superstore, we got those free lint... Lindolt? Yeah, Isn't or lint. I think they're lint. I, I'm pretty sure there's T's at the end, so it's lindolt. There's a D in there. The D is silent, though. I think it's lint. I, okay, well... Anyway... It's, pronunciation. Yeah, we, we suck at it. You guys know this about us. <laughs> Let's not pretend you don't. Um, okay, so those. Are those considered candies? Or are those chocolates? Those are chocolates. Okay, so anything that has chocolate like an Andy's Mint, that would be a chocolate? Uh, yeah, or like a Raisinette kind of thing. Those are all chocolates, right? Yeah. Okay. Even though that there's like like a raisin in the center of each one of those little things, like it's still. I just want to make sure our like you and I are agreeing on the definition of a candy. So it's either like sour kind of candies that you would get like at the that has sugar and stuff and on like them, or like gummy bears, and, yeah. Or there's the hard candies, which is like the Werther Originals, which yes. is what I'm talking about. Okay. But it still kind of falls under the category of candy, whereas like um, a chocolate bar. Yeah. What kind of thing is different than a candy bar? What's a candy bar? Well, uh, you know, like stuff that, um, like the Twizzlers and stuff. Well, I guess that's not really quite a that's bar. That's licorice. Yeah. Um, no, I guess I just threw myself into uh, <laughs> a hole there. Uh, never mind, never mind. Um, yeah, but like you always hear people call like um, a Kit Kat bar. Yeah. Like, they're always, like, people refer to that as, like, a candy bar. But to me, it, the majority of it is chocolate with some wafer cookies. And I think it's a regional thing. Like, we both grew up in Alberta. Yeah. So I think we call it a chocolate bar here. Yeah. But I think, like, maybe... Maybe somewhere in the States or something. Yeah, or or even somewhere in maybe more Eastern Canada or in BC or something. They call I've heard it called... I have heard them called candy bars. But I believe that we just call them chocolate bars. Yeah. It's like the whole soda and pop thing. Yeah. So. I know that definitely in the, the the U.S. they call it like whenever they go for a carbonated beverage. It's a soda. It's a soda. Whereas here we call it a pop. A pop. So, you know, but no matter what you kind of call it kind of thing, you know what you're getting kind of thing. Exactly. It's slight mannerisms. But I just, I'm not a fan of um, sour. I used to not mind it much when I was a kid, and then I think it was either my dad or my mom. Someone brought home these really, really sour little hard candies that were like apple. Mm-hmm. And they just had an apple on the package. Yep. So, and it was green, like a green apple. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't think it was going to be like super sour. Yep. And then you put it in your mouth, and it was like the sourest thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> and from that day forward, I'm all about the sweet. I don't like the sour. Yeah, I think that definitely was maybe a bit of like um, you thought you were going to get one thing, and then you got a completely other thing. Uh, but I'll tell you, the face I made when I ate that sour candy, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so clearly 
the debate between sour and sweet is kind of, uh, I mean, I don't mind sweet candies, but I prefer sour candies because to me that's more of a, I'm enjoying the journey of it, whereas you, you don't like the, the harsh ruggedness of the little, the acid, like the, like I said, it's like, I can't remember what the name of the acid's called, but there's an acid that makes, uh, it tastes sour on your tongue. Yeah, Markiplier and, and, uh... Ethan. Ethan on Unisonis did a video where they used that acid. I just can't remember what it's called either. Yeah, they made things as sour as possible, but then they took this one thing that blocks the sour receptors in your tongue. Yeah. And interestingly enough, the um, steak, when they made it sour, like they were barely able to choke it down, but when they um, used the sour blocker, they said that the meat just tasted like it was rotten. Like they, yeah. Because the sour was blocked, but... It's not blocked about the natural flavor of the meat, and it just tasted repugnant. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's... Uh, okay, so I got a question for you. The mm -hmm. chicken or the egg? Which came first, and why was this kind of one of the things you wanted to talk about? Okay. I definitely think the egg came first. Okay. I wanted to talk about it because I thought it'd be interesting. Oh, okay. But if you want to know my opinion on it, I think the egg came first. Okay. You? The, obviously, the chicken came first. Why would the chicken come first? Because anything that uh, comes from an egg has to have something that can lay the egg. Absolutely, which is why I think the egg came first. Be but how do you lay an egg without an egg layer? No, you have the egg layer, but evolution, you see, my friend. Ha, ha I was thinking of this on a scientific level. Okay. So, things evolve over millions of years, yep. right? So, whatever laid the first chicken wasn't fully a chicken, or laid the first egg to be a chicken, wasn't fully a chicken, but it had been something that was evolving. Yep. And that egg was the evolution. <laughs> Okay, I see where you're going on this and everything. I was but, thinking smart. Uh, yeah, yeah, you were on the right path. But so here's the thing about that. So as obviously whatever uh, started off as the chicken had to start off somewhere else. Right. So it progressed and progressed and changed and adapted to its environment and evolved. And its method of giving birth changed or became the laying of the egg style. Now, obviously, it wasn't a chicken, but the evolution of laying eggs to keep the species alive changed from, in, like, an internal birth, like some things that actually, like, some snakes and some sharks and some some creatures actually have the eggs inside the mum. Yeah. And then the eggs hatch and everything and they come out. Yeah. Versus uh, many things such as, like... Um, Spiders, fish, chickens, birds, they lay them outside so this way the parent isn't physically hindered to stay alive and can have more eggs later on. Yeah. So that was kind of a evolutionary game changer in that regard. So that was the actual host, the parent, the ancestors developing that technique to make the egg laying. So, in order for the egg to have happened outside, or even inside, there had to be the egg layer first. No, I understand that, but what I'm saying is, I think what laid the egg that became the catalyst, like, what 
What laid the egg that when it hatched was a chicken was something that was had been evolving for a million years and was almost a chicken. But in its next evolutionary cycle or whatever, it became the chicken. So it laid the egg, and when the egg hatched, it was a chicken. So, like, I don't know what came, like, I don't know what evolutionary line a chicken follows. Yep. If it's, like... But it's not, like, um, a case of, like, the ugly duckling where... um, there was like this lizardy type thing or weird kind of like pigeon looking type bird thing or whatever and then poof there's a chicken no but what i'm saying is like um i think that the chicken or sorry the egg was laid from something that closely resembles a chicken but it's not considered a chicken but what came out of the egg was a chicken okay well Here's the funny thing about the whole evolution thing, is that they are small changes and trait adaptations to a change in environment, diet, whatever the situation might be. And through multiple offsprings, the changes vary slightly to what's most advantageous to the environment. Yeah. So, even though something that might have been, like, you're thinking of, like, something that had some kind of like I don't know how like in your mind you're picturing these pre-chicken egg layers okay so these pre-chicken leg egg egg layers jeez say that three times fast um in my mind it would look almost exactly like a chicken okay but it would maybe have like an extra joint on its fat like it's it's wings or something and then in the next evolution, that extra joint went away. Like, it's something that minute of a change. Well, to you, that's a minute change, but through the course of evolution, even removing or adding an extra joint is a huge okay, but genetic you, alteration. You know what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying I, it would be the species that is directly in front of a chicken if we were to look at, like, the chart. Like, you know how they have the human chart? Yep. That, like... Neanderthal, and then whatever, and then whatever, and then whatever, and to us, right? Yeah. And stuff. Okay, if you were to look at the chicken version of that chart, you would find that you've got all the different that lead up to the chicken. Yeah. The one right before the chicken is the one that hatched the first chicken. That laid the egg for the first chicken. Because it's not going to be born and then evolve. It's going to evolve with each birth. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, no, that's an interesting way of putting it, but you still have to remember that that egg layer, although maybe slightly different than the chicken we now know, was still the first egg layer and would still be considered along the chicken family tree line. It might be considered along the chicken family tree line, but it may not be what we would consider a chicken to be, so therefore the egg came first. Okay, so, yeah, um, you definitely have an interesting way of spinning it. Um, I'm not spinning it anyway, good sir. (laughs) I am simply speaking of science. What was, okay, what was this, um, I guess species or whatever that follows the human line that was before us? Uh, Because we're Homo sapien, right? Yep. So what was directly before Homo sapiens? 
So, okay, the chart says that there's a Cro-Magnon human right, and before then after, the modern man. Right, and then after, or before that was the Neanderthal. Neanderthal, yes. Right. So, two Cro-Magno people, Cro-Magnum, sorry, mm-hmm. people, would have had a baby that was now a, like, through evolution, eventually... The next civilization or the next um, evolution, sorry, of humans would have been born, and that would have been the modern day Homo sapien. Okay. Which is us. Mm-hmm. But they still had two parents that were Cro Magnum. Okay, so. Right? Close. Ah, the science stuff, guys. It's hard. See, the way the whole evolution and adaptation works and progresses a species yep. is that on the gen- if you knew how if most people knew how complex the genetic code is of anything, especially ones as complex as human beings, it would be like changing a single zero to a one in say like Microsoft Windows main operating uh, software kind of thing. Yeah. If you didn't know what you were doing and you just changed a one little uh, piece of information, it could ruin the whole software and make everything useless and it would just die off. Uh-huh. So the evolution of any creature is always one that is a slow progression. Yes, and one that's You're, advantageous usually, exactly. right, to the species. Uh, evolution will go whichever ways that it can, but the, obviously the ones that's most advantageous will survive. Okay. So, at the the pre Magnus uh, Neanderthal. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Even the Neanderthal. So when you go back to those ones, their kids um, were you know, slightly, just very, very minute, especially on how complex the genetic chart is, different than their parents. And then, of course, their next kids were that same point zero 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 one percent genetically different. And then it happened again and again and again and again. And that's why evolution is not something you can observe in your lifetime. It is something that has to be found in fossils and in, you know... Uh, like finding old bones and remains of something to figure out how something progressed. Which I understand. This is where my confusion is, I guess. So between the Cro-Magnum species, or people, or... I don't know how to correctly term that, I'm sorry. Um, And modern-day Homo sapiens, they don't have... A bazillion little one changes that gives them different names, right? Yeah, because there's fundamental, like, this was, like, where, like, it's always spreading, like, the, like, the whole, any, like, if you ever watch The Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, my favorite scientist. Yeah, he talks about how the tree of evolution looks like this, like, he tried to show a real tree and show how everything started off at one point and branched off in different ways. Yeah. But in order to represent a real tree of every single species on this planet and how it evolved, would, would like the tree would not be you couldn't really show it like it would go way into space and it would cover continent uh, a continent. 
Yeah. Like, that's how big it would have to be to accurately represent everything. And there would be a lot of dead branches because things died off because of environmental factors, predators, invasive species. No, and I understand all that. But what I'm saying is because they don't have it down to the yeah. microscopic change in each generation, yes. I guess, or whatever. It looks like it's just uh, all of a sudden, bam, there's a yeah. new species. So, like, at one point there has to be a separation between um, chicken... Right? Okay. And slightly before chicken. It might only be 0.00001 to the infinite percent or whatever. Yes. Change. But because they don't, they aren't able to like mark each change. Yep. I think it's fair to say that whatever gave birth to the first egg. Yeah. That would then have hatched a chicken would not be a chicken. Okay. And so when you're trying to find out what was pre-chicken and everything, so you start off with the chicken came from the egg, its parents were slightly different chicken and everything, yeah. but they were still chicken enough to be considered in the chicken like genome. And okay, then you so, go back to the egg, and then, of course, that chicken's... I'll, so I'll give it to you because it's the genome. I get what you're saying. Like, it's the genome, yeah. right, that you're following. I yes. was just following simply what gave birth... To the egg, like not following the genome. Yes. Like kind of following the genome, but I wasn't thinking of it that way. I was thinking like whatever birthed the first egg that gave the first chicken was... Um, slightly different. Slightly chicken. different, so therefore it wasn't really considered a chicken. Yes. So that's why I was saying the egg first, but I get what you're saying is the entire genome leads to the chicken. Yes. Therefore the chicken came first. And of course, because like I said, these changes are so minute and so tiny... Over so many generations, yeah. even at the speed of how many how fast chickens reproduce, yeah. that it still takes a long time for that change to happen. I'm going to shake your hand, good sir. We you have won a debate. That debate, I think, um, because when you follow the genome, I think you would absolutely be correct. Because I know for a fact, even that they have found Neanderthal yep. DNA in modern day Homo sapiens, which means at some point they figure that. Neanderthals and the Cro-Magna... Yeah, Cro-Magna human. Um, ...actually made it. So, that being said, the evolution still kind of turned out the same because we're all human, or, yeah. or homo like modern-day homo sapien now, right? Yeah. So I'll give it to you because the genome is there. Yeah. So, congratulations. I tried to come at you with science, and you, once again, have proven you are superior in the science. So, good for you. Not superior. It's I, I'd like to view it more as well-informed. Because, obviously, um, a lot of the information that I am basing this debate on is from people who are vastly smarter than me. Yeah. And who have been able to explain it down to the details of every little step. So, that's why I was like, when you tried to say the, the egg came first, I understood what you were saying. And it does make sense. Yeah. But you, it was almost like, because obviously with a lot of the public school education I stuff, feel like this is something we learned in grade two and I just somehow forgot it because I'm old. Well, it's also <laughs> that they don't really go into the detail of explaining to, I think, a lot of kids or even most adults yeah. how slow this is all happening that honestly to see any kind of change like in the human development. If you yeah. wanted to see what the next evolutionary phase of what humans is going to be... Oh, you'll probably have to wait like another few thousand years. Oh, no, I was thinking you're going to have to jump forward like a hundred thousand years or more yeah. just to see what happens to 
like the human physiology and let's not even get into like imagine if there's still an earth here and like what our yeah. technology is like but i'm just saying it's like if you wanted to see what our physical form is going to take a hundred thousand years later is like the best way to figure out kind of thing yeah and that's that would be a slight change but i do appreciate that you understand that i don't know as much science as you and you didn't make me feel dumb for my argument thank you Oh, you're welcome. I don't think making anyone ever feel dumb is the right way to, you know, approach anybody with any kind of topic. No, and that's what I love about you, or one of the things I love about you, is that you never make me feel dumb when I come up with an argument that I think is super science-based, and then I find <laughs> out it is not. <laughs> it's more Looney Tune science-based. Exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing, like, how you were thinking is that, like, there was some chick chicken-type thing, and all walking around, and it laid an egg, and then all of a sudden... Boom, there's um, no. lo Foghorn Leghorn pops out. <laughs> no, it wasn't quite that that different. I knew that it would be like a minute difference, but because they don't track every minute difference, that was my thinking. So Yeah, they just showed like the main thumb, uh, thumb notes or like the big, this is like the main phase of this species type yeah. thing or main stage of what it looked like yeah. before it deviated and then became the next thing and then the next thing. Yeah, that's fair. So, okay, now let's get back to the food thing, because we kind of took a little deviation into evolution versus food. But, I mean, eggs are still food, so it counts. And so are chicken. Exactly. And uh, if this is correct, which I do think would be absolutely hilarious, is that the chicken genome is actually a great descendant of the Tyrannosaurus rex. Ha, ha, ha. So every time uh, I ever eat chicken of any kind, I always think the whole... Yes, you used to be the tyrant of the dinosaurs. Now I devour you. Ah, oh, nice. So, okay. Let's talk about which is better, ice cream or cake? Cake? What's your opinion on it? Well, I think because cake can come in soft serve, hard form, ice cream cake, ice cream sandwiches. Um, you can make creamsicles with, like, with them and stuff like which is a little bit of an additive but it's you can make ice cream into so many different forms and styles mm -hmm. that and it comes in so many flavors that it's kind of like the, one of the more superior um, desserts because of its versatility and creativity mm -hmm. that's fair I think cake is superior because because you watch so many cake wars truth <laughs> Um, I mean, I just heard of Cake Wars, and you were done, like, pretty much every season on Netflix. That show's not on Netflix, love, but... Or whatever it was on. It was on the Food Network. Oh. Um, <laughs> and me and Tiana watched, yeah, a ton of them. But, <laughs> um, okay, so you're right. You can make an ice cream cake. Yeah. Right. That's why cake is superior. Because ice cream... No matter what, you're always going to get ice cream with it. But cake, you can get an ice cream cake, but you can also get a chocolate cake. You can get cheesecake. You can get vanilla cake. You can get marble cake. You can get red velvet cake. Like You, you can make a creamsicle-flavored cake by just doing a vanilla cake and adding orange pop to it. Yep. And all of a sudden, boom. And you can take cake mix and you can make cupcakes. So that's why I think cake is better. It's more versatile. You can do more with it. Ice cream, no matter what, you're always going to get ice cream. But cake, you can get different flavors of cake. You can get, which is the same with ice cream. You can get different flavors of ice cream. But, um, 
with cake, like, you can also get, like, different consistencies, I guess, of cake, right? Because you get, like, cheesecake, and you get ice cream cake, and then you can get baked cake. So, okay, I want to ask you a question in regards to cheesecake, um, yes. cupcakes, regular cakes, and stuff like you were talking about, all the consistencies and stuff. Yeah. So, starting it off with, obviously, the cheesecake. Isn't cheesecake mostly just um, cream cheese? Yes. So it doesn't really... If anything, I think that would fall more into like a pie category, nope. wouldn't it? It's called cheesecake. It's called that, but... I, I, yeah. It's cake. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't enjoy cheesecake very much, if at all. Which breaks my heart. And let's get into the whole topic of all the different flavors. I mean, I know you've got, there's uh, the classic chocolate, vanilla, carrot, rainbow. Um, cherry chip. Cherry chip, red velvet. Black forest. Black forest, yep. Yeah. There's all kinds of different uh, cake flavors. Yeah. Now, I could rapid fire off a whole bunch of ice cream flavors. That's true. That's why I said they're kind of equal in versatility with flavor. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw you a maybe on that one. I'm sure somebody much more talented and smarter than me could come up with, like, a Rocky Road or a Cotton Candy or, um... Uh, I think there would be a lot of trial and errors with uh, trying to make those flavors. There might be, but I had, like, last year, a lady at my work who's a pretty, very, very good baker. She made a raspberry chocolate cake, and she, like... I don't even know, guys. It was like she somehow used Jello, and but she like didn't let it harden, and then she like almost like a a, a syrup. Sometimes people will wash their cakes with syrup. Yep. She did that with the Jello, and she also had put raspberries in it, and it was delicious. So I'm just saying, I feel like yes, it might take trial and error, error, but really. What food doesn't? And that's how they come up with, like, all the flavors, right? Oh, and let's not forget the number one best flavor of cake. Pumpkin spice. <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, you're a white girl at heart. The whole, as soon as autumn comes around, pumpkin spice everything! So... it's a, That's from a joke that we saw on Facebook one time. But. I'm, I'm pretty sure most people know that joke, uh, if, especially if people are living in North America, where yeah. it's like as soon as autumn hits, like August, September, October comes around, it's like pumpkin spice gets like... Uh, like, it's, like there's pl like places have these... I think there's like a factory of syringes that are ready and is like as soon as like the, the end of August comes around they just go around and just start injecting pumpkin spice into everything they can that they think people can eat. We have a coffee chain in Canada called Tim Hortons after is named after a hockey player Tim Horton. Um and they literally they make like an iced cap so it's like not quite an iced cap coffee because it's actually more like a coffee slush, if that makes sense. Right? Yep, it's like a coffee slushy. And stuff, but it's really good. It's the best thing ever. And the only thing that makes it better is, is pumpkin spice. You I get mean, a pumpkin spiced iced coffee. Or iced cap, sorry. 
there's nothing better in the world than that. That is my opinion. So, okay, so we got the whole cake thing pretty much, I guess, uh, on your side uh, nailed down. Now, I do have a question for you in regards to cake. Cake? Have you seen those videos of everything is cake? Yes. That is so neat. Yeah, they literally make something look like a real object, and then somebody takes a knife to it, and you see a fluffy cake is actually what it is. Absolutely. Like, it'll look like a book. And then you think it's a book you could read, but it's a cake. Absolutely. I love those kind of cakes. Um, I used to watch this show also on the Food Network called Extreme Cake Baking. Yeah. Which is where I first ever heard about, like, Duff... Um, I don't remember his last name. I just remember his name's Duff, and he's super awesome. But he makes <laughs> these super cakes, and he can make them move, and he can, like, have things, like, not, not like fire, well, not fireworks, but, like, things that can, like, fly out of them, and he can do, like, anything out of cake. That guy is badass. And that's another reason why I like cake, because although ice cream is awesome, you can mold it into different things, but eventually it's going to melt. Yeah. That is true. Cake definitely, um, like, that's why they have wedding cakes, not wedding ice cream cakes. Because after about an hour waiting for people to, like, like have all the wedding fun and everything, that thing is going to be an ice cream puddle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of a difference of opinion. I mean, personally, I still love ice cream over cake, but you're right. Cake definitely has the superiority in... Uh, creativity. Yes. Now, I will only I will say this. I am a human furnace, and Michelle is quite often worried that I'm going to spontaneously human combust. <laughs> I was Much... until we listened to Dark Veil. Vale. Yes. Once we figured out that I do not drink enough alcohol and uh, to have that kind of situation. And what else was it like? There were there were, like you have to listen to the you, episode. You got to because... listen to that episode if you haven't listened to it because it was super interesting and full of lots of facts. And if anything, if it turns out that it's more likely you're going to burst into flames than I am. Absolutely. It's more common in women. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. And especially considering the fact that, like, we always joke that I am the human furnace because, <laughs> you know, if it's like 10 degrees, I am perfectly fine. I can walk around in a t-shirt and shorts and everything. You, you bundle <laughs> up with a sweater and, like, put on some thick pants and everything. And you're <laughs> like, how are you tolerating this? And I'm just like, baby. It's not like a heat wave like we're having today or we've had for the last uh, week or so that we're going through a heat wave. Oh, yeah. Like, I honestly, I can't stand getting sweaty while I'm sitting and doing nothing. I, like, I am with you on that. Actually, even the weather we've had lately, I absolutely have been having that happen. And I'm the person that's normally, like, super cool to the touch. And even I've been warm. Yeah. So... So that's saying something. I mean, you know, yes, uh, we're Canadians, so of course we uh, can't tolerate the Texas or Florida type heats and stuff. Yeah. But, man, I tell you, when we get a heat wave, I bet you most of those Americans are looking at us going, what are you talking about? This is a normal day in, <laughs> you know, July or something like that. And, or it's like, it's maybe this is like their springtime weather. Exactly. And we're just like, man, I don't know how you guys live through this. Like, I went down to Mexico one time when I was... Uh, I think in my early 20s, and it was around December for my mom's birthday, and it was raining in December in Mexico, and it felt like a, kind of like a lukewarm shower, and I jumped into the pool and everything, 
and all the people that were working at the resort. Yeah. All, uh, you know, local Mexicans that were working there, they were looked like they were underneath the canopies just shivering because it was so cold to them. And I'm I'm out there in just uh, my uh, swim shorts and thinking, man, this is awesome. Like, the weather's so nice and warm and everything. Like, this is great. And uh-huh. they're probably looking at me going, that crazy Canadian, what do they do, live in snow? Yep. Well, we kind of do. Like, we just get used to it. Most of our months are colder or winter. Yeah. So, yep. Um, we are a hearty people up here. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, that was a, an actual record first that we ever had a debate where... You uh, we we actually agreed on something. Some, yeah, that was the first, and definitely, I think we should stop now before we keep talking about food and get hungry. I'm sure maybe some people are hungry now for something, <laughs> probably a sweet treat of some kind. Hopefully, so, yeah. Um, thank you everyone for tuning into this episode, and just remember, at the end of the day, no matter what your thing is or what you're into, we're all a little nerdy. <laughs>